Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas in the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by G. Hey Wiley, Brandon Deutsch, and today Gio Garcia. It's a big day in studio. G.A., how are we feeling? I'm amazing because Duke is finally going to be playing an actual contender today. So literally the only show in America <laughs> that's talking college basketball this time of year. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm. I'm pretty excited about. You know, I went to SC. Obviously, we're not. We're not so good at basketball this year. But I do. I'm a big fan of Amari Bailey. I've met him previous times. Very, very nice. Uh, nice dude and a really great athlete. And I think scouts are kind of overlooking him. They have him ranked as like the 28th or 29th prospect. I think he's a top 10 talent. Um, I mean, he was ready to play in the NBA at 16. He could average 10 points per game. So I, I really like UCLA. Jalen Clark's been balling. I think UCLA has a shot to win the national championship this year. I really do. Yeah, I mean they're in the. You guys are in, or you guys, you're not, you're not a UCLA. I, fan, I just, I'm a, I'm a fan of good 10. basketball. Yeah, yeah they're, they're in the top ten, right? Yeah, they're eight. Yeah, they're, they're eight, and yeah. they had a really convincing win. I know Long Beach State isn't isn't a powerhouse by any means, but you know that's still a good win against a team that's usually pretty competitive. No, so. absolutely. Gio, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm <laughs> excited. I'm excited to be here. You know, talk a little bit of soccer. The World Cup's coming up starts yeah. this Sunday. We also have, obviously, two big clubs here in LA, LAFC, who won the, the championship. You also obviously the LA Galaxy as well. So, yeah, I mean, I love that. You know, soccer's growing here in America. There's so much going in. And I know once the World Cup uh, in the United States being in there is, is going to get everybody involved. Because one thing that I know about this country is once, you know, people get behind Team USA, it, it, you know, people get involved. And and get passionate about that so i'm excited looking forward to that before we talk about the world cup g i mean what was this season like here in los angeles i think whenever both teams are doing well that's kind of like the sweet spot when you talk about the passion that this town has the los angeles football club is fascinating to me because normally in a city with an established team the galaxy won five cups they've had great players david beckham landon donovan robbie keen you go down the list but there's something about this team, the, the reigning champions. How were they, how did they cultivate this fan base, rabid fan base that loves this team so much? Honestly, they, they put in a lot of work being, being uh, so, so close with both teams and seeing how both teams kind of operate. Uh, one thing that kind of stood out for me from the get go uh, from LAFC was just just like the ownership group, the, the front office, how they're behind it, right? Like you have um, AEG who owns the LA Galaxy, they own Coachella, they own a number of different things. And I think the biggest difference thing is like, when you look at LAFC, the owners and, and the front office, that's the number one priority. AEG, on the other hand, it, you know, they, ha they have so many other things that, you know, and, and also the, the, the front office is not as tied in with the fans. There's, there's a little bit of, uh, 
what's the word? They're, they're not as connected uh, as you would see with other clubs. So you see that disconnect there. And LAFC has done it right. They they built. They have that saying: uh, street by street, block by block. They really, you know, got. They really got the, the their 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 fan base. You know, uh, they really worked for it. And you you kind of see. Look, if anybody's been to an LAFC football game or anything like that, I had friends that they they know I cover I, I cover soccer, right? And they never been. And then just a random friend, she texted me. She's like, "Oh my God, you, like you cover this team." Like I went and I had so much fun and you know like you know, I don't even remember the score but I just remember have a fun time and you know it's entertainment right sports are entertainment so one thing that I've realized about LAFC that no matter no matter if you know the sport or not the energy from the 3252 the passion and everything once you're there and you feel you're like oh, okay I get it it clicks and that's what that to me growing up that's what soccer was that's what football was to me right the passion of the fans or, or whatever you, you want to call it but to me it's like once you get that experience that's how people uh, you know first timers or that's how you get people hooked in and what they do and it's just so, so exciting to see how soccer has grown and to me this is LA is the mecca of football when it comes to when it comes to soccer in America, we have uh, you name it Southern California. We have, we have rich talent of players, but when you have a successful MLS club and you're also able to attract players like Gareth Bale, uh, Giorgio yeah. Chiellini, they're the world superstars, right? Yeah. The world superstars. And what LAFC did as well to win an MLS Cup, their first MLS Cup champion, it, it just it just goes on, and and you know it's it's, it's the cherry on top. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. That thirty-two fifty-two section is ridiculous. My first ever football football game going to going to a football game was LAFC, and they do it right, man. It is insane how great um, this club has done. I want to talk to you about their future because yes, we're, this is so LA of us. You know, it's kind you of just a, won. What are you going to do? What are you going to do for us lately? What are you, 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 you We have kind of like this curse where like the Rams are struggling and the Lakers are struggling and the, the Dodgers are having a good season, but they can't. Like we've won four championships in the past two years, but these teams have not been able to sustain it. So it's a re really good question, G. What does the future? Yeah, hold what does the future hold for LAFC right now? Well, look, the way they built the roster and how the front office have done it this season has been very impressive, right? In MLS, you get three franchise players. They call in DP, designated players. Um, and they've, they've, been ever, they've been really smart about that. They got Carlos Vela. They got Christian Teo. Um, and I'm forgetting the last one. I'm forgetting. I'm, for, I'm forgetting on top of my head. But they have the, the, the main point I was trying to make is they, they don't, they're not paying anybody over $3 million dollars. Uh, and a roster that's that's yeah, it's Gareth Bale, Georgia Keneally. Now that's going to change next season, right? And they did everything they did everything right this season to to put themselves in a great position. Moving forward, they 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 qualified for their Concacaf Champions League. That's a big tournament. So what they were sent to the Concacaf Champions League for anybody that doesn't know is uh, the best clubs that won in Mexico, that won in the Caribbean. They all play a tournament. So if you win that tournament, oh, we just had an ML last season. We had an MLS Cup. The Seattle Sounders who won that tournament. So if you win that tournament of the CONCACAF region, which is Canada, uh, USA, and Mexico, and, and the Caribbean countries, um, then you you go, you qualify to the, the club World Club. So you get you get to play teams against Real Madrid, you know, the teams that win, you know, the Bayern Munichs and stuff. So then you, you the team could brand itself at more of a world level, right? Well, I think they're already doing that with signings of Giorgio Chiellini and Gareth Bell. So I think the next, the, what's next is you got to win, you want to win MLS Cup again next season. But the first thing in order is you got CONCACAF Champions League because a lot of fans 
want to see that. You still have Gareth Bell. You're still going to have Jojo Kalini in the depth. Now, they are going to have to make some roster moves. Jose Cifuentes, it looks like he's already played his last game. There's With a lot of talent that they have, also players are making the leap to, to, to Europe to go to different clubs. So that's going to be interesting these next couple of weeks, uh, next month or so for LAFC, who they keep, whoever to keep, because with so much talent, they're also attractive to other clubs or bigger clubs to move on. Yeah, and I wanted to ask too, because... You know, in 2014, speaking of everybody getting behind a team, USA, you know, obviously with that run, they lost to Belgium. That was very disappointed. Um, but everyone in this country that even didn't know about soccer got behind that team, right? Do you see something similar happen, happening again with this U.S. team who a lot of people and, uh, you know, a lot of experts are saying this team is better than that 2014 team? Yeah, no, I would say the same thing. Uh, I mean, U.S. men's national team, you, you have so many players now that are playing in Europe. They're playing in the big leagues, right? They're playing in the top leagues. You got Christian Pulisic, right, who they, quote, unquote, they say he's the LeBron James of soccer, yeah. which some people kind of cringe to that, you know? <laughs> he he's, he's he is the best American soccer player, that, right, that, that that the U.S. has right now. But you also have Gio Reyna. You also have a lot of players that are really good in the MLS, like Kellen Acosta, who plays for LAFC. There's a lot There's a lot of MLS talent that's, that's also on this roster but you also see players like like Josh Sar Josh Sargent who also plays so the 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 thing that's impressive about the US men's national team is all the players are playing in Europe and that there before it was like oh you know let's say like DeMarcus Spezzi would pay but he wouldn't start. But these players are having a big impact starting, you know, getting big minutes. Christian Pulisic won the, the Champions League a few years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, they're they're in a great position. The one question is, uh, I think the biggest question for for this team is 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 the coaching. You know, the, the, yeah. the, any 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 national team head coach is always going to get scrutinized. So, I think that's the one thing. But you look at look at the team and talent on paper they could definitely make a, a deep run and that, that like i was saying earlier if the u.s men's national makes a deep run or makes it really exciting in the world cup what's ahead is the 2026 world cup in the u.s in mexico so it, it's just a lot of momentum moving forward that's going to be fantastic yeah geo there was a lot of talk about sofi if sofi could host a, a soccer game a world cup game you covered the there was two two games that happened here right mm -hmm. What was that like, and did they clear that up? Will SoFi be a proper home? So what, what's going to happen next year, uh, the, the Gold Cup, which is played uh, with uh, Mexico plays, the U.S. plays it, the Gold Cup final is going to be at SoFi Stadium. Uh, so I think that kind of already solidifies that. But also there's also Leagues Cup coming up as well. So I got I got had an opportunity to go to Leagues Cup this season. It was an exhibition match. You had uh, LA Galaxy versus uh, Chivas uh, of Mexico and then uh, LAFC versus Club America. So Chivas and Club America are the biggest clubs in Mexico. Do they won the most championship? They have some of the most notorious players that come out of those clubs. Uh, me, even though it was an exhibition match, I've been able to cover this league for like four or five years now. That to me was one of the most exciting games um, that I've been to, even though it was an exhibition match between both both the clubs and it was back to back. Because you could really see the passion and anybody that's been to SoFi Stadium is just impressive. To me, it's the best stadium I've ever been to, right? It's just exp uh, and, and the expensive, uh, uh, you get lost. There's just so many things, you know, you know, you can't find your parking, you yeah. know. Hey, I forgot that it was built underground. You got to yes, go up, right. you know. So there's so many things. But being able to watch a, a soccer match there was was just exciting. And you could kind of see, you know, when you go to a game or you go something, you could kind of see the future. Mm -hmm. 
going to that game. And, and the first time I went to an NFL game, the first time I went to a Rams game there, I was like, we ha- there has to be a soccer match. And yeah. I was like pushing on to it or pushing on to it. Then, you know, it, it happened. So, yeah, moving forward, I think SoFi is a perfect is a perfect candidate for a lot of big matches. There's also talks about the, the World Cup final in 2026. I think we're still a long way to, to determine that. I know there's also rumblings of also the Cowboys stadium, AT&T stadium. So there, there's a lot that goes into it. I would love it. Uh, I'm on LA Homer. I would That's love right. it to be at SoFi Stadium. Like I said, it's the best stadium. Um, they do have to, I think they have to do some things with FIFA regulations that has to be played on grass, you know, which they did in, in League's Cup this summer. So they've done it. They, they did the test the test run. Now they're going to have the Gold Cup final, and I'm assuming uh, League's Cup as well will pot- potentially have some games there. How will the World Cup being staged in the fall affect a lot of these leagues i mean when i talk about the leagues the premier league and things like that again it's normally in the summer but but, but qatar being 120 degrees or whatnot in the summer um how will that change things I mean, it's, it's changed things a lot, you know, because usually, uh, usually these clubs, what they do the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the Premier League, you know, these, the talent clubs, there is like a, about a month between the World Cup uh, that, that leads up to it. Here, you're only getting a couple weeks yeah. lead up. So that, that's already changed. Also, a lot of players with, with, with uh, the, the injuries. There's been a lot of players, big names like Paul Pogba that's not going to be there. There's so many different injuries that players aren't going to be able to make it. So, and also you, uh, FIFA, the Netflix came out with this uh, documentary, FIFA Uncovered, so showed good, up a, a lot. It's uh, amazing. Incredible. If anybody hasn't yes. seen it, you could, see the, you could see the corruption there and what, how the bribes and everything works. So it's changed. Uh, it's not the most anticipated World Cup that a lot of fans are going going into, you know, but it's, it, to me, it's definitely had a big impact because you have a, a tournament that's every four years in the summer. Now you're switching to the fall and yeah. you have to switch it because of the weather. So Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to ask because, you know, my girlfriend's whole family is from Argentina. They're looking for it's like do or die oh, yeah. in that country right like yeah. they need they want the world cup they're coming off of obviously um it's copa america right where they beat brazil um you know that was a huge win for them in the championship and they want to build off that momentum this is Messi's last run what are argentina's chances in this and who do you see as the five favorites in this world cup Oh man, Argentina to me is number one. I mean, they got the best player in the world. Uh, I like Cristiano Ronaldo, but what you see from Lionel Messi, what he does on the pitch is, is just exciting. Um, to me, Argentina's number one. This is going to be uh, Messi's final World Cup. Anybody, you know, that that doesn't watch soccer, have heard heard the name Messi. Watch what he does on the pitch and how exciting he is. Right? You said your girlfriend's Argentinian. You know, it's like the passion. You know, they. I got to go to the World Cup in 2018 in Russia. You know, I, I, the passion, like. I thought I was passing, but then you meet Argentinian fans that don't yeah. stop chanting. The, you got you got to find the mute button on them sometimes because they just they're, that's they're, the whole country. They're they're, they're, they're that's non nonstop yeah. nonstop even like two three a.m. in the morning. So I, I would say Argentina, Argentina, uh, they're, they're paired up with with Mexico. I'm a I'm a Mexico fan, so we're gonna play them, and, that, and I don't think it's gonna end well for us. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would say Argentina. I would say France. Um, you always have to you always have to put Germany there. Um, France as well. I don't know. Did I say France? You said France. Yeah. Brazil, 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 Belgium, Bel- and Belgium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm pumped for Team USA because again, like people get excited. I mean, yeah. what, what is the high water? What would be a successful World Cup? 
uh, advancing past 16, the group stage right? or what's what's the uh, 16 i mean you you have teams i think russia last last world committed to almost to like the semifinals. Yeah. you know it, the, the the thing that's amazing about the world cup um it's all about momentum right yeah. you can have some of the best players like look la last world cup uh germany who won it well, it was in 2014 they didn't even make it out of the group stage yeah um, and they, the German, the Germans are always good at football. They've been a good at football for for a number number of decades. Uh, but that's what's amazing about this World Cup because sometimes you you have some of the best players in the world in your in your country, right? Like England, you you know, footballs are the Premier yeah. League, but sometimes they struggle. Yeah. I think the U.S. could definitely have a deep run. They could put, potentially go up go up to the semifinals. Now, I'm not gonna say final because you know I, I, they, you you have to be at a different tier. But I think they have a, a, a lot of things uh, that they're capable of to make it up to the semifinal, even the round of 16s, because just of the type of talent that they have. I mean, you also have to have luck and there are a lot of things that, that play into it. But this team is very talented. Now, I think to me the biggest question, like I said before, is, is the coaching. Yeah. Uh, sometimes he's not his, the coach is not as tactical as other coaches that, that you see there so it's always good that you 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 have talented players but you also I think you also need a, a certain type of coach to get you to that final make certain decisions that you know change put in this play in the sub or sub this player off and we've seen the, the biggest snub for the US Miss Nationals Ricardo Pepe yeah. who, who uh, helped score a lot of goals in, in the CONCACAF champions and the CONCACAF in the World Cup qualifying so there's a lot of questions but I, I think the, 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 the US Miss National could potentially make it semis switch gears moment Apparently, we, we, we talked about SoFi Stadium. We talked about the defending champions. Cooper Cup just found out today he's out for a month. Um, effectively kind of done for the season. I mean, if the Rams are being smart about this thing. Um, Brandon, we kind of talked about how tough this season has been for, for the Rams. You were kind of high on them in, in terms of, you know, perhaps they're going to win the division. But you didn't think, obviously, that they were going to repeat with Cooper Cup effectively being done for a month and again if you're smart probably about the season it, right yeah. probably the season your yeah. your thoughts on this I mean like I mean what do they have to do I mean the problem is that they don't have a like a ton of like, young players that you want to see yeah. them get time so I mean I don't this know is this happen. is why a lot of NFL executives were questioning the decisions to put all of your money and marbles basically into Aaron Donald Jalen Ramsey Cooper Cup Matt Stafford yeah. and you know it was Von Miller last year Bobby Wagner now yeah. like five six guys right and they, they paid Floyd too which was a great signing the problem is with the Rams other than the offensive line being injured Whitworth we see that we see the difference him him retiring right and then they don't have that that leader in the in the offensive line. Yeah. That's so important. The reason the Niners don't even have a good offensive line, but Trent Williams it makes he's the best lineman in the league. He makes he's a leader. He makes everyone play better. There's a rookie Aaron Banks on the 49ers that hasn't allowed a sack all season long because of that leadership from Trent Williams. So when you don't have Whitworth, who was a godsend for them for years, right yeah. on the line, they have those issues. They have depth issues in the secondary besides Ramsey. You know, they're, they're Troy Hill, who's really up and down, not a very good corner by any means. This, there's a problem, especially when you're trying to attract stars, and that's the Los Angeles mentality, right? And they won their Super Bowl. Congratulations. They're similar to the Lakers right now. They won their championship. Let's see how we can compete in the future. It's going to be tough, but they need to do a lot of work in the offseason to maintain that core and get them interested in playing elite football again, you know, because you can't waste the talents of Cooper Cup, yeah. Jalen Ramsey, and Aaron Donald, right? So it's going to take a lot of work. We've been talking a lot about... Miles um, Turner and and that trade for the Lakers. Now, the now, now we're feeling. Yeah. Now we're hearing that the Clippers. Yeah. Now listen, if 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 they're doing this deal, I I'm assuming, and again we'll see what the deal looks like. Um, 
they may not be secure in Kawhi being Kawhi. Like, like, like uh, this is only a deal that you would make if, if you're going to basically say, okay, maybe Kawhi is going to come back, but he's going to be the player that he was. Again, he's only played in two games this season, two games, 20 minutes off the bench. If that's what you're going to get, you kind of need more than that if you're going to contend. Brandon, from what you've heard, what would that trade look like? I mean, I mean, what kind of a pack? They're a deep team, so that's yeah. the good thing. Yeah. But again, I would imagine the only reason you would look at this possible deal is if Kawhi may come back, but he's not going to be Kawhi. I, I kind of disagree because I think they, they lack that big man, that okay. dominant big. Besides Zubac, they have no depth at the power forward and center position. Diabate is a rookie. Moses Brown, they don't play. Miles Turner can actually hit the three and D, right? I mean, he's he can hit threes. He can play elite defense. He's averaging over three blocks a game, 17 points. He's dominant. What would interest the Pacers is, of course, a first-round pick, like sure. a pick swap. Brandon Boston Jr., young talent. Exactly. Maybe Jason Preston. Yeah. But then the match the salary, you need to give Terrence Mann and Marcus Moore. Something like would that. Would you do that deal? If I'm the Pacers? If the Clippers. If Cl- absolutely. Clippers. Okay, but if you're the Clip, if you're the Pacers, Why no, you, because yeah. I think you can get more from the Lakers midseason. I mean, th- that's the beauty of having a deep team where you you can make that trade and it doesn't really change your team up that much. But yeah. Turner, huge upside. That there. would make them the favorite, undisputed. If Kawhi can come back, that's and the big beat. question. That's, mark. It's all about Kawhi. It's like Davis, right? We've talked about it for the Lakers for years. If Davis yeah. is healthy, they have a shot, right? Yeah. Same thing with Kawhi. Yeah, and I, and I don't know at what point we're going to figure out what kind of Kawhi we're going to get this season because the Kawhi that we've seen, again, two games this season, 20 minutes off the bench, that, that's not the Kawhi that we thought that we would see. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Dave Smith when we return right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now, in a city where time disappears. We create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a, remi- just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or want to win tickets to an upcoming game, in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline and join our good friend, the sports guy, Dave Smith. Dave, how are you? I'm good, Ross. I'm sitting here at the New Orleans airport getting the flight back to L.A., probably about 10 to 15 pounds heavier. Yes. I'm over and uh, ready for some rest when I get back. Exactly. Dave has had the long trip to New Orleans. You got the beignets. You got the po' boys. You got all that um, happening. Now, Dave, let's start here. Uh, your San Francisco 49ers, Brandon San Francisco 49ers as well, are looking very good. And when you just look at who they have on that team, who they have coming back, again, they're, they're, they're more of a second 
half team second half of the season going into the playoffs again what, they weren't that dominant against the chargers but your thoughts on them not only beating the chargers dave but your prospects of them going on a championship a championship here well, I certainly think they have the talent to go to the Super Bowl and win it. And I would argue that top to bottom, the 49ers have more talent than any team in the NFL, especially now on offense with Christian McCaffrey and a good defense as well. But this team is loaded. And again, the problem, like we talk about every week, Ross, is the head coach. I'm not a Mike Shanahan fan, and I don't have a lot of confidence in him uh, you know, going out and winning a road game against a really, really, really good team in the postseason. So we'll see. Uh, not an impressive performance against the Chargers. They were lucky to win. And again, the inconsistency. They look great one week and then they struggle the next. So, uh, to me, the entire problem is the head coach on this 49ers team, not with the talent. Yeah, and Dave, just going on from that, I do want to give Kyle Shanahan some credit um, in that game a couple nights ago because he gave Elijah Mitchell 18 carries, which a lot of fantasy managers were like, why that own, you know, that are rostered Christian McCaffrey. But that takes so much pressure off of Christian McCaffrey and the injuries that he has sustained over the past couple of seasons, right? When you have an, a, two elite running backs now with Mitchell, who people forget was a, was a top 10 running back last season, Christian McCaffrey, now Ayuk, who's become a star, although he dropped that touchdown pass. And that was, by the way, I think his first or second fumble of his career. He almost never fumbles the football, so that shouldn't be a concern for Niners fans. And then Debo Samuel and George Kittle, they don't even target. This might be... And, you know, with Jimmy Garoppolo playing the best football of his career, this might be the best offense talent wise that I've seen in the NFL since it Well, I mean, you could argue Tyree Kill, Kelsey and Mahomes, but that's three people depth wise, the most talent on the offense I've seen for an NFL team in years. Right, Dave? Well, yeah, they have the best offensive lineman in the NFL, and Trent Williams has got a quarterback who can get you to a Super Bowl, a winner, as Jimmy Garoppolo has, has done. Uh, he's gotten you to an NFC Championship game and a Super Bowl. McCaffrey and Ayub, as you pointed out, and uh, Debo, and uh, the, the talent's incredible, plus the defense. So, yeah, I'm with you. The, the, this is this team is loaded talent-wise. And, and the, te- the people on the team love Jimmy Garoppolo, it seems like. Seems like everybody loves Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously, the cheerleaders at the Warriors game came up to him last night. I mean, who wouldn't? One of the most handsome men in the world. I mean, when you're with Christian McCaffrey, who's also handsome, and they go all up to Jimmy Garoppolo, none to Christian McCaffrey, who's, by the way, dating a supermodel and is a very handsome man. It just shows you that, you know, Jimmy G just has a way with people. And I think that's important. And I'm not saying Trey Lance can't have that effect, but people love Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think that raises the ceiling of this team. Am I wrong, Dave? I think you're right about that. And by the way, Arash, and we used to a man card violation. He just mentioned that three Dave. times in one segment. Dave, one uh, thank, in one sentence. thank you for bringing that up. Certainly a man card violation. Uh, <laughs> and Jimmy G can probably also get everybody, uh, you know, from backstage passes to the AVN Award, too, with his oh, dating history. So. <laughs> oh, 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 man. Come on now. He's just a young man living life. Uh, anyways, Dave, I wanted to. I didn't ask- say I wasn't jealous. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, I wanted to ask you about the Lakers after they looked like the worst team in the NBA for about a week and a half they pull off a convincing victory over the Nets where Anthony Davis looked like the player he was in New Orleans and in the bubble finally uh, dominant 18 rebounds 10 offensive boards it was an impressive win but I can't take this team seriously until they go on a run am I wrong I want to see more of the defensive identity uh, this weekend against the Pistons and Spurs two games they both should win but we know they'll probably go one and one 
Yeah. Well, they're three and ten now. They look really good. That was a good win. Uh, they had to get them to three, and and again, getting Russell Westbrook out of the starting lineup, as, as we've been talking about for a long time on this show, that they're they're much more efficient offensively, and, and he's playing a lot better since he's not starting. But defensively, there have been problems. But that was a good sign the other night. Uh, that win defensively, they were much better. AD looked good. And we're just, uh, you know, counting the clock down until he gets hurt. It's not a matter of, of if, it's when AD goes down with an injury. How long is LeBron going to be out with this uh, groin strain? I mean, he might be out at least a week or so. Brandon, we don't Keep know. Keep him out. I mean, they've been they playing be better right. without him. He's exactly. been, I mean, I, no one wants to talk about this because obviously LeBron still raises the ceiling of any team he goes to tremendously because of his IQ, his playmaking ability, his pure strength, but he's been the, their worst player this year. And it's not close. If you look at the advanced metrics, yeah. he's almost lost them those two games they won against the Nuggets and Pelicans by himself. And... By the way, Russell Westbrook plays much better with just Anthony Davis, and you put LeBron on the court, then there's a problem. Yeah. Right? So that's my that's my big thing with LeBron. Don't rush him back if the team can piece together some competitive performances against the Kings, who have a great offense, seventh-ranked offensive rating. They almost won that game. I know they lost. And then beating the Nets. Yep. who have Kevin Durant, who were going... By the way, the Nets were a very uh, scorching hot basketball team over the past week and a half before that win. I would limit LeBron James. You're going to have Schroeder and Thomas Bryant back, see how they kind of... I mean, Lakers fans, yeah, it, it seems not, like Shaq and Kobe are coming back and all of a sudden, can't judge a team till we get Schroeder and Bryant back. Like These right. guys aren't bench players, but we'll see how they do. I would keep LeBron out for a substantial amount of time. I mean, he's no spring chicken. He's what? They're going to turn 38 this year? I mean, 37, 38? Uh, it's this is look you keep them out as long as you can it's not like they're going anywhere if they start piecing together wins and all of a sudden they're yeah. three games back of the eight seed <laughs> yeah you know which may ha- we might see a unicorn before that happens but then you bring lebron james back right well, yeah, but I wouldn't agree that he's the worst player on the team. Uh, he's still going for 38-8 and eight this year. He's not what he was, of course, but I think what a lot of people don't want to talk about, he's been a great defensive player throughout his career, a lockdown defender, but he's not anymore. When you watch this team the last couple of years and this year, no matter who he's guarding, they blow right by him and get to the rim. So, yeah, that's a problem defensively these days, having him out on the floor. Well, I mean, look, look, let me rephrase that. He's not the worst player on the Lakers. Kendrick Nunn is worse. The, you know, there's guys that are worse. What I'm saying is for his usage percentage, having only a three-point percentage of 24 and his turnovers per game are crazy, right? Like three turnovers per game, 24% from three, only 45% from the floor, and that's because he can still get to the lane. Look, he's playing no defense, Dave. You said it yourself. That is an issue. He needs to be locked down. He needs to shoot better. Or he needs to get other guys open, like he did the year they won the championship when he averaged 10 assists a game. He's kind of reminded me of the last years of Kobe's career with the Lakers. Um, remember, Kobe couldn't guard, he couldn't guard me his last year or two in the league. Everybody he guarded <laughs> came straight to the rim. And, and he may have, now, I know this offends a lot of people out here. We all love Kobe and the championships he brought us. His final year with the Lakers, when you look at the numbers and his defensive, that might have been the worst year anybody's had in the NBA over the last five or ten years. Kobe, he shot under 40%, like in the 20s from three. He couldn't guard anybody. He was turning it over. It was, it was 
was sad to see. Hey, but Dave, we're acting like Kobe was an efficient player in his career. He took possibly the hardest shots of any player in the history of the game. He was never an efficient player, although it wasn't an efficient NBA, by the way. There was more defense, you know, perimeter-centric, the pyramid, right? Like, everything was everything was was different in that NBA. But we're acting like this guy was an efficient player. He never shot the ball over, what, like 50%? Like, the, because he took all the hard shots and the defenses were on him. His best year was 45, 46% field goal percentage. Yeah. So that, see, that's a separation from Jordan. Jordan was a career 50% shooter. LeBron's a career 50% shooter. So I think that, that might be what separate. And Kobe was an overrated defensive player all throughout his career, too. So, Dave, we uh, previewed the World Cup in the first segment with Gio Garcia. And I do have to bring up a certain date. We are two weeks away exactly, Dave. Tuesday, November 29th. Do you know what's going to happen on Tuesday, November 29th? Oh, no. Is the USA playing Iran again? Oh, Are you going to sing on the air? Yeah. Are you going to sing on the air again, Iran? We're going to make that oh. same bet because now, yes. uh, you know, you know, back in uh, France, 1998, I was out there getting your Baja fresh and I was screening your calls. And now fast forward to 2022, we're going to make that same bet again. And listen, Dave, if you win, you could sing your national anthem. But I got a feeling we got your number, Dave. Yeah, God, this, this is I'm, we, told, we, we told Arash he'd be allowed to sing the Iranian national anthem on the air if they beat us. Then they beat us. So I've never heard a guy sing with more gusto. Like he finally finished the anthem. He finally, and we said, "Oh my!" We said, "Oh my God! Thank God that's over with." And then he took a breath and he went into verse two and then verse three. The thing went on for the thing went on for thirty minutes where Arash was singing. There, there was a long version, you know. Am so. I the only person yeah. who thinks that the U.S. is? I mean, it'll be a competitive game. I do think the U.S. beats Iran. A lot of experts... They should, shouldn't they? Well, I mean, a lot of experts are no picking idea. Iran. They, Gio, I mean, they're, they're, they're a good team. They're, I mean, when you, they get overlooked because England and then Wales and then Team USA, right? They're, they're getting overlooked. It, it, that's that's what it is because England, right, they, they have all the players from, from the Premier League. Wales has Gareth yeah. Bale. Uh, but I would say, to me, I don't be surprised if, if Iran makes some noise. I mean, we go. Gareth, Gareth Bale... Um, you know, he he who won the game, he, he tied the game for LAFC in the hundred twenty eighth minute. But he's not ninety minutes fit. So I, I could see, I could see, I could potentially see Iran having a potentially a better World Cup uh, experience or uh, than than Wales because they don't they don't have their strongest player. Yeah. But what I've seen, Gareth Bale does tend to show up in big games. But I don't know if he's ninety minutes fit. Uh, the first game is going to be against the U.S. But Iran could definitely make some noise, especially what what, what they've what done. And do. they're 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 a tough team. Look, any team that makes it to the World Cup, but yeah, they they could probably be the third team. But I I would have. I uh, still think the U.S. US. is going to wipe the floor with them in that game. I would say okay. U.S. and England. It's going to be it's going to be. By the way, Dave, I have no problem looping in young Brandon into this bet and beating two forty nine er fans. <laughs> Iran versus U.S. Two weeks from today, by the way, November 29th. 11 o'clock in the morning. I'll get my coffee and we'll have a good Let's time. Let's do it. What's the I'm bet? Down. What's the bet? What's the bet? What do we have to do? Alas is obnoxious enough when I have to Can you imagine if they ever won the World Cup? Oh, and you have to no. Allow Party! Party if Iran wins, Iran, uh, Aras gets to sing the Iranian national anthem again on the air. Oh, for sure. During the segment. Now, the Brandon, what do we have to do if the U.S. wins? Yes. 
<laughs> what do you want, Brandon? I did. Oh, well, we what should the national anthem? <laughs> there should be some high stakes. Someone shaves their head or something. I don't know. No, 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 no. I've lost too much. I've lost too much in the past week on gambling. I've retired from gambling. But what I will do is I'll make a bet where, uh, Dave. What do you think? We we sing the Iranian national anthem. <laughs> yeah. we do. I want to hear that. If no, we if we lose. It, oh my god! Yeah, you know that's how the bet. Like Iran. <laughs> Uh, I'd have to download it on the I'll internet. Give you the words. Words. <laughs> yeah. Be like karaoke. You yeah. have to, you know, yeah. show it on the screen while we. Oh, that's sing that. funny. Yeah, we'll sing the Iranian national anthem if they beat us. So now, what does Arash have to do if we win? Mm. Well, I would say sing the U.S. national anthem, but he's, he's American. He's American. So. <laughs> uh, now, Arash is a U.S. citizen. We exactly. We've got to punish him more than that. <laughs> All right, what do we... We have two weeks to think of what but we will make a yeah, bet. It will, it will be something that we'll do on air. Uh, Dave, not a great weekend for the Pac-12. i got to be honest with you. Like Even as a USC fan, I didn't like the weekend because I... In my view, the, the the clearest path towards the college football playoff for USC was to beat a top ten UCLA team in a top eight, top seven Ducks team. Both those teams lost. Dave, um, what does that mean for the Pac-12? And can USC still sneak into this college football playoff? They're going to need help. I yeah. think if TCU goes undefeated, there's no way. I, I, and they're talking about keeping TCU out, even if they go undefeated. I don't see how you can do that. If they win a Power 5 conference and go undefeated and win their Big 12 championship game, they're going to get in. The SEC, well, even if Tennessee doesn't get to the SEC championship game, uh, wow. I, I still think they're going to get in with one loss yeah. if they went out, along with Georgia probably. And that leaves the Michigan-Ohio State winner. Then what's left? I mean, TCU's going to have to lose. Uh, Tennessee maybe has to lose again. Maybe Georgia loses in the SEC championship game. The Georgians are going to need help to get in. Yeah. I mean, but the, the, the good thing is we have a significant USC-UCLA game. The Rose Bowl, finally, some of those tarps will come down. We, we're not going to have to tarp up UCLA and things like that. Dave, what is a successful season, though, for USC? I think the fact that they've won games, people are, are thinking they really weren't supposed to contend for the championship this year. However, I think going into next year with the transfer portal and things like this, this team will contend for the foreseeable future. What is a successful season, though, for the Trojans? Well, I, I think if, if they went out and have only one loss and maybe go to the Rose Bowl and win it, that's yeah. a successful season. And they were four and six last year. Exactly, People forget right? yeah. one loss with Lincoln Riley has to be college coach of the year, I would think. Now, it depends on how long he stays. Now, is he going to stay long-term at USC? I know that he's made some comments in the past that at some point he wants to give the NFL a try. So we'll see. But as long as he's the coach and they got a boatload of talent coming in and transfer portals. You know, the funny thing is, Arash, they were a year away this year. Yeah. From being really good, and they're in the top ten and, and knocking on the door of the final four. How good are they going to be next year with Caleb Williams coming back? Exactly, and I think the path to the college football playoff this year. I think for sure they're in the college football playoff next year. And I've told Arash this. I think they win the national championship next year with Caleb coming back. Get a couple of defenders. Do you think he comes um, back, Caleb? Yeah. Well, he, he can't. He's he can't. He's he's a, he's a red shirt. I mean, he's a straight up sophomore. Oh, so he, he, he can't declare. Okay, okay. He would be the first quarterback taken, in my opinion, if he if he was to go this year, just because of his elusiveness, big arm. I know he's made a lot of mistakes against some very bad football teams. He's young. Uh, I do think they win the national championship next year. However, this year, uh, I know Travis die out for the season. 
Austin Jones is a very talented running back, and so is Relique Brown, who is young. They have the depth to really win out and go, you know, beat UCLA, obviously a must win. Notre Dame must win, and then the Pac-12 championship. If they're 11-1, and one, right, and the loser of Michigan State, Ohio State, is going to have an argument against them. That's going to be in the conversation. What USC needs is TCU to lose, right, because Tennessee's getting in. We all know Tennessee's getting in. Tennessee, the winner of Ohio State, Michigan, and Georgia are all getting in. So that fourth team is going to be TCU if they go undefeated. But if TCU loses, then it's between USC. It's not TCU is not going to get in. Uh, it's between USC and the loser of Michigan, Ohio State, pretty much, right? So uh, for me, because I don't think Clemson, the ACC has been awful this year. So I, I think there is a clear path to get drilled by Georgia, which I want <laughs> so bad uh, in in the college football playoff. There is, I think it wasn't as bad of a Pac-12 weekend as you think, Arash, because still, if they go 11-1, big brand name, the CFP would make so much money if they put USC as the fourth team against Georgia. Think about how much money they make. What if Ohio State and Michigan go to overtime and it's a one-point game and they both have one loss? Does the loser get in there ahead of Tennessee? Maybe. No, because, I mean, it's possible, but I don't think Michigan's that good. I don't think the Big Ten is that good. I don't think Penn State's that good. I think the Pac-12 is better than the Big Ten this year, and that's a hot take. Um, I just think they have four better teams in the Big Ten. I mean, Ohio State barely beat Notre Dame when they were really bad in the in, earlier in the season. Michigan literally has no offense besides their running back, pretty much. I know McCarthy's pretty good. I think if they go up against the Georgia, I, either of those teams, they're getting drilled. Ohio State is more upside because of their talent. So, I mean, I think it's definitely going to be a conversation, but for sure, USC's in the Rose Bowl if they went out, right? Um, absolutely. And USC, by the way, would get drilled by Georgia, too, if they play. Yeah. Uh, I, I know the Pac-12 is better. But, and my, my fellow Oregon Duck fans were telling me before the Washington <laughs> game, hey, if we played Georgia again, we'd beat them. We're my, I no said, hey, way. Listen, come on. Let's, I said, listen, listen, let's not get carried away. Just that might be a little balls. closer, but they – that they get hammered again if they play Georgia. Physically, they can't match up. No Pac-12 team can match up with a team like Georgia up front. But that would be good experience for next year if they could slide in and play a team like sure. Georgia. Sure. Dave, real quick, the Pac-12 uh, looking to obviously replace USC and UCLA. It looks like they're halfway there. San Diego State reportedly will be one of those teams. We're in agreement why not Hawaii, Dave, right? Just for recruiting and tell, t- telling good students, hey, one trip a year to Hawaii. Well, what are your thoughts? Again, the Pac-12 will not be the same. What are your thoughts on those two teams? Well, you and I have been talking about this, Ross. Hawaii should be the other team along if they're going to take San Diego State because uh, you know, it has to be a place where alums want to go and travel. Everybody would want to go to Hawaii for that game. The recruits would want to go there. And, Ross, you and I both know. There is so much talent on that island. Look at yep. the NFL, how many Hawaiian players are in there right now. And the players leave because they're in the Mountain West and they want to go play in a big cup. If they are in the Pac-12 and if they could keep the local kids home at Hawaii, they'd be in the top 25 every year. They'd be a power. 100%. I mean, and that's the biggest thing. Again, they want to play big competitions. They want to play with significant, uh, you know, like they, they want to go to a bigger program. And so if Hawaii joined the Pac-12, and folks, the politicians in Hawaii need to rebuild Aloha Stadium. And if they do that and they join the Pac-12, Dave, sleeping giant, no doubt about that. Dave, you're the best. Safe travels from New Orleans. We will talk to you next week. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. West side, west side.
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about a brother got... Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.